Hey y'all, Podcast Rob here with my last choice for our favorite episodes of 2022, this one covering The End. This was a huge favorite of mine when it aired, the TV show and the episode, originally airing August 23rd, 2022, this is The End Carnival. Art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. They say it's not about the destination, but the journey. And while every story has a beginning, we're here to talk about the end. Hey everybody, it is Podcast Rob and James Hatton. And we are here for another episode of The End. <laughs> How have you been, fine sir? I am tired. I <laughs> went and did a lot last weekend. Did conventions and craziness. Drove all over the place. Because we are getting ready for the child to be back in the house away from this, which means driving to Maryland and to and fro. Right, but right. I am uh, looking forward to a nice week. My boss is off, so I have the ability to just sort of maintain. Love it when the boss is on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it when the boss is on vacation. Literally, her last message to me was, oh, and Michael, who is one of my coworkers, just... Make sure Michael doesn't screw anything up. Got it. <laughs> cool. Bye. On it. Click. <laughs> so, what about you? Uh, chilling. You know, got some uh, got some uh, vacation time coming up next month. Uh, so looking forward to getting away, hanging out with some friends. Um, oh. Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. You were no, you were saying yours, and then I will jump back in. Yeah. No. That was. I mean, that was. Was pretty much okay. it. That was, um, I almost forgot. I, a friend of the show, Nick, uh, invited me last Friday. I saw the Rage Against the Machine show at Madison Square. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, I'm not a huge Rage fan. I enjoy Rage. I'm the right age for Rage. Uh, but they put on a fucking show. Okay. Uh, Zach De La Rocha, the lead singer, uh, apparently did something screwy to his legs. Third show in the tour. So... He can't. They canceled the Canadian. They canceled the Euro. They canceled the rest of the reunion tour. He did the rest of the series of shows in America, sitting on like a, ste- a speaker stack, and like still has the same intensity. Sounds like he's coming straight out of the studio with every track. It was incredible. Very cool. Yeah. So I saw Rage Against the Machine. That was another reason why I was exhausted last weekend. There you go. I, that would that would do that. Yeah, this show that we are doing for the end, which is the show where we talk about the finale of a of a series, whether it ended well, the show was good, the episode was good, etc. Yada yada. Um, this was an interesting choice of yours, my friend. I I do have uh, some some turns of curiosity every now and then. This is one of those shows that I think, along with I'd say Sopranos. Uh, the wire that modernized television 
And and I, it's a big claim to throw out there, but I really kind of think that way about about this era of uh, of HBO TV. Okay. Do do you feel that way about maybe not this show in particular, but this era? I don't know about. I I don't know if I agree with your terminology or your understanding of the term modernizing of, but th- I did feel that this came in a kind of a heyday for HBO original programming. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this was, yeah, I mean, HBO's, the, the, their rising prominence of original programming was from 93 to 2016. I mean, that's a very wide swath to cut, but this show in particular was between 2003 and 2005. Yeah. Um and it it very much was in that kind of heyday of really good HBO original programming. Oh yes, with Rome and a bunch of others. Yeah. We are talking about Carnival. Um and I think this is a topic for maybe a discussion that we do on the show in the future cuz I I I would have to do some research because I think there is definitely a line in the sand where TV sort of changed and Sopranos is, is one of those flags that were planted that got us, you know, without a Sopranos was there a breaking bad, but definitely something to discuss in the future. Yeah, absolutely. But Carnival, I watched it when it first came out or whether it was on DVD box set. Cause it was one of those shows that everybody bought on DVD box set. Um, I love the era. I love the theming. The show I was mixed on, but I didn't hate it at all. And I was always very intrigued to see where it was going. Where, where did you land on Carnival? Um, I absolutely loved this show and I absolutely hated what they did to it. Um, this was one of those shows, uh, this was 2003 it came out. So, yeah, the internet was still a thing, but, like, it was still kind of, like, chat roomy kind of stuff. Oh, yes, I have something uh, to discuss like, about that. It wasn't like, you know, Discord and Zoom calls or anything like that. So w- me and a fairly large group of friends would get together each week and watch the, the newest episode of Carnival. And um, I can't tell you how absolutely fucking pissed all of us were at the way this show ended because yeah. this was supposed to be a six season show that got cut short by four because it got canceled after the second season because the ratings went off a cliff just a 3.54 million in season one 1. 1.7 in season two on average mm-hmm. So, you know, literally cut in half. So I want to quickly kind of just revert back a little bit. Uh, when, sure, you were talk- when, you were, when we were talking about like the heyday of uh, HBO programming. So mm-hmm. Oz ran from 97 to 2003. Sopranos from 99 to 2007. Six Feet Under from 2001 to 2005. God damn. The Wire from 2002 to 2008. Carnival from 2003 to 2005. Deadwood from 04 to 06, Rome from 05 to 07, 
True Blood from 08 to 014. So for me, like True Blood, Boardwalk Empire, that kind of area was was post. Yeah, I would agree. I don't want to say I don't want to say they weren't part of the bubble, but it had already blown up by then because mm-hmm. of Oz, The Sopranos, The Wire, Carnival, Deadwood, Rome, all it like all of those kind of overlapped in like a three to four year period, yeah. which was just huge for HBO programming. So it, it was yeah, pretty I much agree. if a sh- if a show was coming out on HBO, people were going to check it out because they had they'd earned that. Yep. And that's just drama. Like that's not even counting comedy stuff that came out oh, yeah. in the same you know, like, uh Ali G show, Entourage, Extra Show. Yeah, Flight of the Concords, all that stuff. Um so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But getting back to it, uh, I loved the show. I hated the fucking way it ended. Like, literally despised the way it ended. And I remembered that hatred bubbling to the surface as I was re-watching this last episode uh, called New Canaan CA. Uh, Just last night, before we recorded the show, I was re-watching it. And I'm like, God, I'm remembering how much I loved the show. And in remembering that, like, just the seething anger was (laughs) bubbling up right under the surface of how this show ended unfortunately which so now to to take that to to my side of it i watched the show back then but i have no recollection of other than sort of the big paintbrushes of what the show was what it was about i remembered that it was the kid he has you know magical powers there's justin justin's evil um, and how could I forget? Cause it's the fucking Kurgan. I didn't remember how the show ended and I don't remember what cliff it sort of fell off of as a whole. So I look forward to you informing me of it. Cause when I just watching this episode in its bubble, you know, sort of in the, the perfect version of the end, this is a good episode, but only in its bubble, like as a, it, it tells almost a complete story in and of itself, which very much sounds like that's four seasons of TV wedged into as much as possible. So what was the, tell me what the cliff was like, give us some background to get us to where we are. So the overall story of this episode, uh, they know brother Justin is evil. Uh, ben is a healer. Samson, who's the guy who runs the carnival, uh, has a plan for defeating Brother Justin, uh, which is we're going to invite him to the carnival. We're going to get him on one of our uh, our Ferris wheel. We're going to get him up to the top of the Ferris wheel. And then we're going to freeze the ride there. So he's stuck there because they realize that Ben's healing power is not just healing. As Ben describes it, he doesn't heal people. He moves life. He takes life from one person and gives it to another person. So they're going to have an old-fashioned healing tent, and he's going to go around and heal all these people's illnesses by taking life force from Brother Justin and therefore uh, getting rid of the evil threat because he is possessed by uh, some evil force. I don't think it's ever specifically said that it's like Satan or the devil or some demon or whatever, but it is obviously some sort of dark demonic force that Brother Justin is... Uh, possessed by right and I, w- I would assume that that force would be definitely something we'd discuss and discover if the show had given its time sure um the biggest issue is that sophie 
who is a former carnival worker and mm-hmm. a, a interest. Uh, her and Ben have had relations is now with brother Justin, because as we find out, she is related to brother Justin. She is brother Justin's daughter. So they're like, well, we have to get Sophie back. And Sophie doesn't want to be there with brother Justin kind of like trapped in the house. She gets taken out of the house and locked in some cabin somewhere while this whole thing goes on. And we get to a point where Ben is taking all of the life energy from Justin. Justin somehow manages to survive. Chase ensues. Ben ends up outsmarting brother Justin and defeating him. But whatever was in him ends up in Sophie now. Right. Because the final scene that we see and like the, the cinematics and the cinematography of this show was great. We, we're on a rise overlooking the carnival as it's slowly pulling out of the Dust Bowl town. And I say Dust Bowl because for those who've never seen the show, this takes place in like the middle of the Great Depression, 1934-35, the old style kind of traveling carnivals. We see them in their, their, their cars and their wagons and they're slowly pulling out. And just behind where the carnival is leaving is this giant cornfield where Brother Justin has died in and Sophie has found him in. And Sophie apparently also has the same kind of fucking healing things that Ben does. Because she kneels down and starts like laying hands on Brother Justin. And then we get the faraway panoramic view. And as the carnival is pulling away, corn is just dying. And it's wilting and dying, and that area of dying corn is getting bigger and bigger and bigger as we're realizing Sophie has not only gone to the dark side, but she is healing Brother Justin, and then the carnival pulls out, and credits. Like, it was so So, fucking annoying. So, let's... Couple beats. Number one. The plot of this episode, the the big sort of linchpin of it, which is um, Ben's going to do some healing. Justin's going to eat some evil or eat some uh, sickness is a cool premise. Ben's going to eat some evil. Yep. Uh, I mean, what else is he doing? Vomiting into his mouth like a baby bird. The sequence of Justin on the Ferris wheel going through the motions of each person that Ben heals. Oh, now you can see. And he's covering his eyes. Oh, my, my lady's got the whooping cough and just, you know, every one of those bits he's reflecting. And it's a very cool sequence of them going back and forth between the two. All the while, Justin's heavies are downstairs watching him have a freak out. They know some shit's up. Um, all put together, it is a cool bit. I do have one question for you, because I maybe thought a different beat. Um, when they pull back at the very end of the episode, and they show the corn, and the corn's wilting and everything, they show, is it, I don't remember what lady this is, some old bitty who's with Justin, a sister? Maybe a sister. Oh, yes. Um and she's sort of peering over the corn as it's wilting behind her. And I took that to mean that she had the shining, not Sophie. That Sophie had been and then sister had the shining. But 
I could be wrong in the way I interpreted it. Wait, wait, wait. Now I got to look this up. Yeah, yeah. Womp womp. I mean, I could be totally wrong. Uh, approaches Justin, places his hands on his chest. We see the corn die around. The carnival leads new column. It bends unconscious, burning, in, or bouncing, and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really. Sophie, she chose you. Next morning, Carney's fine brother Justin with Emma's blade in his chest. Bring Ben's a bit out of camp. Settle in, listeners. We're reading Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look, it could be interpreted. Or I'm wrong, and I'm peachy content. What I'm curious about is, do you know why the show... No, see, because, so, okay, so yeah, uh, I'm looking it. on a website that basically kind of lists the fates of the characters. Oh, interesting. And, and it says, uh, Brother, became a Brother Justin is killed in a battle in a cornfield near his home, but Sophie has the Omega, uh, oh, but Sophie, as the Omega, arrives and places her hands on his chest, causing the corn stalks around them to wither and fall away. Oh, okay. Then it was that that does it. Okay. So yeah, yeah, no, Absolutely. She got, she got the quickening. <laughs> what caused the show to, to, to dive off a cliff? Like, was, what, did the show start to suck? Is it just no, that it I wasn't think what people, it was. It was too sort of. Uh, I don't want to say it was too clever or clever is another good word. But I think. I think it suffered from. Uh, what, you know, we constantly kind of go back to, uh, I think it suffered from some, uh, lost issues in that it was telling a very weird convoluted story in a very non-conventional, non-completely linear way. Mm Mm-hmm. And while people were very intrigued by the first season, come the second season, I think people may have been wanting some more answers. Gotcha. Um, and this is just per- completely personal guess. That's right. Um, the reason it didn't get... So this was at a time where HBO was only approving series... Uh, a year at a time. Like, nobody was getting multi-year deals for series. And when they were discussing with the uh, writer and the director of Carnival what was going to happen next, uh, it was basically a two-year story that was kind of tying up some loose ends from the first two seasons kind of giving more backstory into what things were going on in the first two seasons while also taking some of those older characters, introducing new characters and overlapping a whole new story arc that was going to take another two years. And I guess after the ratings dropped from season one to season two, HBO wasn't willing to do that at the price tag that the show was costing. Uh, reportedly, HBO said if they were willing to come down to two million per episode, we would have entertained a season three, which means clearly this was far more than two million an episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of the filming was done on location. Um, just the cost involved of making it look like it was 1934. Yeah, old ain't cheap. Yeah, like they said, the first season, they uh, they 
costumed over 5,000 people for the first season. First season was 12 episodes. But everybody had to be dressed in like four and a half pounds of dirt and dust and sand. And there was constant sand and smoke being pumped onto set to make it look like it was in that depression era desert kind of area. Um, You want a million dollars of dirt? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, the first first episode drew 5.3 million viewers, which at the time was the best ever debut for an HBO original series. Again, it's that pedigree. They'd earned it. And absolutely. Your your point stands that um, it's also the same fate that Rome had that the reason that Rome did its big time jump and end so quickly uh, was because the episodes and Rome was loved. Rome had high audiences. Yeah. And it, uh, it was dropped because it was way too expensive. So I have to imagine something very similar in, you know, you're not building Rome, but you're building the Dust Bowl. And even from this episode, visually, this show nails it. Right. It's dirty. It's dusty. Everything's ever so. I'm sure the film was treated to be ever so slightly sepia tone. Um, everybody's sweating their balls off. There is not a everybody in that ep- in that show is moist. Yes. Dirty and moist, <laughs> moist and yet dusty. Like yes, that was exactly that was yes, the weird some, dichotomy. Somehow thirsty. Yeah. Um, I didn't know this. I don't want you to click on it. I'm going to say this, and I, I just don't click you anything. Do you know what the writer of this show also did that you are particularly a huge fan of? Don't click. Uh, no, I honestly have no idea. To be perfectly it, honest. I'm, I went to look at his uh, his wiki in particular. He did the blacklist. Oh wow! Well, you should say he's doing the blacklist because that's yeah, that is true. Still going on. Like he, like it's a dance fad in the fifties. Yeah, yeah. We're doing the blacklist. Um. So I just thought that was very good. You should follow his career because clearly he does things you like. Fuck! What did you you were just talking about something that I wanted to make a comment of and I completely uh, dusty, what dirty people, Rome. Oh, Rome! Yes. Uh, the other, I mean, the other reason that Rome had an amazingly short life was that Rome was Rome was following historical stuff, and I mean, it was you know, unless they were going to start following completely different. Caesars and stuff like that. Like the characters that they were telling the story about. They, they kind of went away. Yeah, that's fair. You know that's what I mean? Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I do, don't get me wrong. I loved Rome. Like Rome and Carnival were two of my favorite HBO series. And 100%. Rome, at least for me, ended in more of a, ah, you know, okay, I get it kind of way. Cause you know, the empire falls. How many more seasons can we milk out of this? Um, I mean, but Carnival was burning. Its, Carnival was its own entity, its own creation, you know. And like the opening sequence was so good and so creepy. The opening title sequence won an award. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, if you haven't seen Carnival, dear listeners. Prepare yourself because it does end way earlier than it should have, but it is on HBO Max. Uh, it is worth the watch. Uh, the casting is amazing. 
Brilliant. Um, you've got uh, just trying to find a pull up the cast list here. Uh, Michael J. Anderson, who plays Samson, you will probably recognize him from uh, Twin Peaks. Your chewing gum is going to be coming back in two style. Yeah. Uh, Clay Duvall plays Sophie. Uh, trying to find the guy who plays... Oh, Adrian Barbeau is in it. Yeah. Uh, um, Nick, it's Nick, not Crawl. Nick, um... Nick Crawl? I don't remember his name. Who plays Ben? Ben. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Stahl. Not Nick Stahl, Crawl. yeah, yeah. Stahl. Uh, and I mean, you've got, uh, Clancy Brown as the priest, as yeah. brother Justin, like, how yeah. do you go wrong? No. I mean, if you need a heavy, if you need a guy who's just going to be imposing by his presence, yeah. you call Clancy. Yeah. It was, it, it was, it was a very, very good show. Clancy's one of those actors who I've gotten, like when you see him in a show, now he's a bit older, so it's a bit harder. But when you see him in a show, you're like, oh, the villain. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, villain's here. Good. Yeah. When does he ever play? Maybe that's a topic we should do, too. Clancy Brown movies? Clancy, well, Clancy Brown roles. Yeah. Yeah. I can only think of one movie. I, well, no, I, I know I saw a movie where he didn't play the villain, but I, my immediate thought is Starship Troopers, where he just plays sort of the medic. The medic. Folks. Did you see Carnival? What did you think? Where can they tell us, Rob? You can go over to somethingcast.com. It is the repository for all things something. And you can find all of the places that you can listen to us on. Whether it be uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, You can find us over on Good Pods. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at STSTCast. You can find us over on the Facebook. We even have an Instagram page. Um, everything you what? can find, everything about us over at somethingcast.com. Uh, and if you do listen to us on your podcatcher of choice, a humble request, give us a review and a rating because the more people rate us and the more people review us, the more it bumps us up the algorithm and the more eyes we end up getting on our show and therefore the more people can rate and review us. And then... They tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and so on, and so on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you'd love to hear. And for those long-time listeners... Are you talking uh, about it now? I'm just, maybe, I'm, I'm not really jumping the gun. I'm just kind of priming the pump here. All right. For you long-time listeners who remember eons ago, we used to have a Patreon. <laughs> um, all I will say is watch this space. Because we're working on some cool stuff coming up in the next couple months. It's not really priming the pump as it is tickling the taint. I'm, I mean, <laughs> look, we are who we are. That's fair. That's the best part of them. Anyway, with that said, thank you all for joining us. We will see you in September. I'm James Atten. I'm Podcast Rob. Bye. Later. Later.